Today's scripture comes from Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. We'll be reading from the message. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they enjoyed their wedding night, Joseph discovered that she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic revelation to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel, Hebrew for God is with us. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. He named the baby Jesus. Thank you, Riley. Good morning, friends. I really love seeing all of your sweaters. I know we've mentioned it, but seeing the kids in cute ones, and I've got a lovely kitty here. I wouldn't call this an ugly sweater because I love kitties, but maybe you do. Okay. All right. That's okay. Yeah, I see some cheers over there. I love it. Friends, we have been in a series called With Us, remembering that God is with us. And during Advent, we might turn towards those good things and celebrate hope, joy, peace, love, But we've been recognizing the places that are hard, hard in life, where God is with us. Two weeks ago, Pastor Austin talked about the valleys, when we're opposite of those high points of life, and maybe we're stuck in a valley in the hard places. And last week, uh, Kyle shared with us about the wilderness, tough times when we're navigating an unplanned space of life that sometimes can go on for a long time. And today, we're going to explore the storms, the storms of life. We can think of those literal storms that come, but storms in life are hard. They're disorienting. Maybe sometimes things coming one after another. And as I was thinking about this, I immediately recalled a time in my life where I was going through an intense storm. It was back in 2009. I was a single mom raising three kids on my own. Uh, some things that had led up before this season, I had lost a job. The church I was at had got so small, my position was eliminated. I was picking up odd jobs where I could and finally got a contract, a long-term contract with a school district. So that ended in May. So come summer, again, I was unemployed, no income, no child support working odd jobs. It was hard. It was a storm. And then (laughs) the house I had been renting for three years was sold. Never even went on the real estate market. I didn't know it was up for sale. Remember, it was right after the the housing crash of 2008. So 2009, it was builder owned and it was a property he had equity in. So I had 30 days to move, 30 days to pack up myself and my kids and move with no job, no income. That was a storm, my friends. It was hard. I was frightened. I was angry. I was frustrated. And I took one step in front of the other, packing up our boxes, not knowing where we were going, calling a friend who had a big cargo trailer and loading the boxes into his trailer, not knowing when we'd see our things again. It was frightening. It was frightening. And I wonder for you, too, if you've been through storms in life, 
We can think of the literal storms. Uh, you make preparations around here. Uh, when a storm is coming, the stores sell out of bread and bananas and milk and toilet paper here in Seattle, right? We're always out of toilet paper when a storm is coming. If it's a rainstorm that's coming, we're used to those, but we maybe go out and pull up the cushions in the summer from all the furniture. Or if a windstorm is coming, if you've got a trampoline, you make sure that thing is secured, right? So it doesn't end up flying into the neighbor's yard. If a snowstorm is coming, we get those supplies, we make adjustments to our schedule, our travel plans, so we're not out on the roads to make sure we're safe. Right? We try to mitigate what we can. But where are those areas in your life where the storms are coming, the emotional things, the hard things? And what happens when they just keep coming, one right after another? When supplies are running low, when our, our energy is running low? Maybe you didn't even know a storm was coming. Maybe you hadn't watched the news for a literal storm, but maybe you were so unaware of a storm that was coming in your life. Sometimes we just don't know that a storm is on the horizon, is coming, or how long it's going to last. You might think of a lost job, conflict at work, challenges in parenting, challenges of being a parent, unstable housing, relationship conflicts in marriage or in dating, financial struggles, unexpected diagnoses a car accident, health problems. We may think that we're prepared for whatever life is going to throw at us, only to try to plan out and anticipate any of those expected challenges. But friends, the storms still come. Often thick and fast, completely disorienting, not knowing what direction to take, what step to take, and sometimes we become so paralyzed that we don't even know what to do next. So my question for us is this, what do we do when the storms come? What do we do when the storms come? Because they will come. Do we make plans and try to control everything, mitigate all of those challenges? Do we try harder, think we're smart enough, we're confident enough, we can withstand this, it'll be fine? Do we keep it to ourselves, not letting anybody else into the storm that's coming, that's roaring in our life? Or do we let go and fall into the arms of Emmanuel, who is God with us? Friends, will you pray with me as we enter into today's message? Father God, thank you for the ways that you are Emmanuel, God with us. For the ways that you love us, the ways you care for us, even in the storms. God, would you speak through me? Would you bring your words to life? that it would take hold in our lives and that we would know that you are our peace in the storms. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So friends, we're in Acts chapter 27, verses 21 through 25. So if you have your Bible or a device, I encourage you to uh, move to that place in the Bible, open your Bible or go to your device. If you're at home, we're grateful you're with us. So move to Acts 27 as well. I'm gonna give a little bit of context here too because Paul experienced storms. Acts is the growth of the church. It talks about the acts of the apostles, and a lot of it talks about Paul taking the message of Jesus to the world. But he also experienced a lot of storms. So before we dive in, I'm going to back up just a little bit, uh, just to Acts 21. Here Paul was arrested. In 23, we see that there was a plot to kill him. Uh, Before that, um, or right after that, he was taken to trial before Felix, 
and then Festus, and then Agrippa in Acts 24 through 25. Talk about storms. There's storms there. He was allowed to testify on his behalf. And in the middle of everything, he says, God has helped me even to this very day. He was already continually pointing to Jesus. Now, it was decided that they would sail to Rome. Uh, Paul didn't like this idea because winter was coming. It wasn't a good season to be sailing. Um, But they decided they would sail for Rome. Now, I'm going to paraphrase here in chapter 27, starting in verse 7. When the wind did not allow us to hold our course, we moved along the the coast with difficulty. And Paul warned them, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. And in 14 and 15, before very long, a wind of hurricane force called a northeaster swept down. The ship was caught up by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and we were driven along. In 18, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. And in 19, on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands and neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. And the storm continued raging and we finally gave up all hope of being saved. They were in a rough spot. Have you been in this spot in the past? You can think you think you can handle the storm coming. You try to analyze those potential risks, navigate wisely through what's coming at you, and you start to think, okay, this isn't going to be good. Mm, this is going to be bad. We're finally just giving up all hope. As you, I'm sure, are imagining the storms that you've been in, now think of weathering those storms without Jesus. Here, these men on the boat, these sailors, they probably didn't know Jesus. They tried to navigate wisely based on what they knew, their skills. They tried to make their best decisions based on um, what they've learned in the past. And they transitioned from, oh, this isn't good, to this is going to be bad, to finally giving up all hope of being saved. So let's dive into uh, verses 21 through 25. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice to not sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. So three things I want to look at here that Paul brought to these men he was sailing with. Paul brings comfort. He's an encourager. He tells them they will not lose their lives. In verse 22, he says, so keep up your courage. Not one of you will be lost. And further on in verse 37, it's actually counted how many men were on board. 276. God knew them. God knew those people on board, even if they didn't yet trust him. God is in control of the minute details of their life and our lives. 
We're better in this together. We need each other to bring encouragement, to remind one another of the hope that we have, and sometimes to bring a different perspective rather than trying to do things all on our own. Paul brought comfort. Paul also brought conviction. He said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail to Crete. He isn't trying to bring shame. He isn't trying to punish them. He's not trying to push people further away from God, but show where maybe we've gone our own way. Paul doesn't want to beat you up, but to call you back to Jesus, to come to a place of repentance. Because sometimes when we're in our own storms, we try to blame everything else, all of these situations. If they would have done this, if this would have worked out this way, then this storm wouldn't be happening. This wouldn't be coming to me. I'm in this because of this. Remember, if you're pointing, there's three back at you, right? We want to blame those situations and people. We don't always pause in the middle of the storm to consider what steps we took that led to this place. We don't say, what's my part? What have I held on too tightly to rather than clinging to Jesus? Where have I been doing life on my own terms? Paul also brings confession. Confession of of where we've made mistakes, but confession of who Jesus is. In verse 23, he says, An angel spoke to Paul and pointed to Jesus, to whom I belong and whom I serve. Another version words it this way, it is he whose I am and whom I serve. In the middle of the storm, he sought Jesus. He looked to Jesus. And he said, I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. He held tight in the storm to Jesus. So in the middle of the storm, do we hold tight to the way we think it should be? Or do we hold tight to Jesus? Do we come back to his word? Come back to a community of believers. Be reminded of who you are in God. I always tell my kids, remember who you are and whose you are. And when you know that, when the storms come, you will not be rocked from that. Ultimately, I think these three three areas... Bring a reflection of who Jesus is. Paul held tight to Jesus in the storm, and Jesus held tight to Paul. Jesus brings comfort and encouragement. He is our provider, Jireh. He is our peace in the middle of the storm. And he brings it with conviction. He calls us back to himself. Sometimes he allows the storm to come so that we'll leave our own ways And come back to him. And he reminds us to leave those ways. And we can come into confession. Confessing that Jesus is our Lord. Learning to trust him first rather than our own ways. Reminding one another of the hope that we have in Jesus. In our passage, friends, more storms are coming. This is not the end for Paul. If you know this portion of the Bible, they become shipwrecked. I mean, there's so many other problems that happen there for them. They're not safe yet. 
But did you hear this part right in the middle there? He said, do not be afraid right? Do not be afraid. We can even recall the nativity story when the angels appeared and they said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy because Jesus is Emmanuel with us. Friends, never let the presence of the storms in your life cause you to doubt that the presence of God is with you. Let me say that again. Never let the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence of God is with you. Don't be afraid when the storms come. Turn to God because he is with you. Friends, I think this is what we need to be reminded of again and again and again. In this season of Advent, it's beautiful to light the candles and and speak of hope and love and joy, but that's not always where we live. We need to remember he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And when the storms of life come, he will not let go. He doesn't let go of you. Because Jesus loves you so much. God knew that we would mess up, that we would turn from him, that we would try to do things our own way. That we'd try to lasso that storm and control it. We just don't have that kind of power. We're limited. So instead, God sent his son, Jesus to be born a human, to know our human condition, to know our faults and failures, to sympathize with us in our weakness, and to love us still. To love us still, even in the valley, even in the wilderness, and even in the storm. He is Emmanuel, God with us. As I was preparing for this, I was drawn to a lot of scriptures, and this one just continued to capture me. He reminds us throughout scripture that he loves us. So listen to these words from Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are Mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, when you're going through the storm, you will not be burned. You will not be washed away. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. My friends, he's with us. He's with us in the storms. I opened with that story of that hard time, that stormy time of life. And God provided even when I didn't know what the outcome would be. I learned that I couldn't try to figure out what was way past the storm. I had to stay in the storm with Jesus. I had to learn to trust him, to come back to him. To seek him in all of those situations. I was applying for jobs at the time. And one of them was with the same school district I had been with. And I was hired to a permanent position. And I had served that time before that they counted as part of my time with them. So I didn't have to, uh, what's it called? A probationary period. I didn't have to go through a probationary period. 
And I even got a step increase in wages and a sign-on bonus. I was able to rent a townhouse just down the hill from where we had lived by showing her my offer of employment. Our stuff was packed away for about three weeks, and we actually lived in a travel trailer on my grandma's property. We were technically homeless for three weeks, but we knew that God was in control. I learned to turn to him and hold my hands out and say, Lord, I know you're here. Show me the next right step. And I believe he blessed that. It was still hard, but God provided. We, we received amazing health care benefits through this job. And the school that I was placed at was my son's school. I was right there with my kids in a season of storminess for all of us. I trusted, I surrendered, and God provided. Here's the other thing I learned during the storms. He helped me know storms will come. They will continue. But as I trusted him and stayed connected to him, he provided. And I learned he placed those around me who brought that comfort, the conviction, and the confession. And the next time a storm came, because they still come, friends, I was quicker to say, Lord, here I am. Lord, here's my things. Even right before I moved up here to Washington, I could sense a storm was coming. You know, sometimes when you can smell the rain, (laughs) I could sense a storm was coming, but I didn't know what it was or what it would look like. And all I could do was hold up my hands and say, Lord, here I am. Here's my life. Here's my job, my ministry, my home that I was able to purchase. Here's my fun car that I drive. Here's my kids. Here's all of it, Lord. If you want me to stay, I'll stay. And if you want to move me, I'll move because I'm going to follow you the farthest. The storm came, friends. The storm came. And I weathered it with Jesus. He is good. I know that he goes before me and behind me and beside me. But Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. Jesus, he is within us. There's no storm that will overtake us because God is greater. He is our living hope, our prince of peace, and he brings peace even in the storms because those storms of life will come. So three things I want to leave you with today. Jesus doesn't need you to avoid the storm. That means you're doing it on your own terms. When you orient your life in the peaceful times around God, He will continue to be your peace and guide when the storms come. Orient your life around him in the peaceful times, and you won't stray from him when the storm comes. Number two, Jesus doesn't need you to fix it, whatever it may be, or weather your storm on your own. We need each other. We go to one another when we're in the storm. And when we've been in community in the peaceful times, They know us, they know our stories, and we can go to one another, praying for one another, encouraging one another. We need each other. He also doesn't intend for you to live as though the storm is still raging around you when it's over. When the storm is over, come back to life. 
Think about those hurricanes. When the storm goes through and after the waters have receded and the debris starts to be cleared up, they remove the boarding from the houses. Friends, when your storm is over, come back to life. Don't continue to live as if the storm is still raging around you. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is Jireh. He is provider. I couldn't have survived those storms in my own life without Jesus. As the band starts to come back up, in a few moments we're going to sing Jireh again. I love this song. And I want these words to just reign over you. Remember that you'll never be more loved than you are right now. There's nothing you can do that's going to hold you back from him. You may be going through a storm. He's not going to let you down. We'll hear his voice. We'll listen for it and know it is love in our hearts. Because he is Emmanuel, God with us. Friends, will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for this time that you remind us that you are with us and love us. That the storms of life will come. But Lord, you go before us. You bring compassion, encouragement. You bring comfort. And you call us to repentance. You convict us of the ways we've gone on our own. And ultimately, Lord, you call us to confession, to to confess who you are. Lord, be with us, Emmanuel. And for those of us that don't know this type of love or maybe feel far from it right now, you can pray something simple like this. Jesus, I'm sorry for trying to handle storms and life on my own. Help me to know your love and know you. Help me see your love and goodness all around me. Jesus, I want to know and trust you. For those of us in a storm right now, Lord, we can just return to you, pray to you, know that you are with us. God, you are Emmanuel, God with us, and you bring peace even in the storm.